Um, I haven't done as much catfishing. Uh, <laughs> I don't catfish at all. I've seen your filters on Insta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't fished for catfish uh, as much as I would like to. I'm uh, only 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, this photo is totally recent. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> it's like 22-year-old me. Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. Hello and welcome to the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. This is the podcast where we talk about mead, bees, and cool Viking shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm Nick Irvin. I'm Evan Anderson. And we're kind of your your hosts, your guide through this uh, through this journey. Aww. It's totally this crazy journey. If you ever go on journeys, Nick's a great guy to go on journeys with. Yeah. I'll Not be- saying, just saying. <laughs> If you ever go on journeys with Evan, Evan's a great guy to go on journeys with. <laughs> Although, if you he, like chaos, he will eat all of your candy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Give it to me now. Just at the beginning of the trip, fork it over. We'll all be happier. Yeah. Yeah. And every once in a while, he sneaks a rock into your backpack. Yeah. So, it's so actually, <laughs> I take that back. Going on a journey with Evan is not cool. <laughs> but you'll get extra exercise. Extra exercise? Extra, extra, extra exercise. Extra. Cool. Um, well, hey, man, it's summer. That it is like a, uh, I was about to say dirty words. It's super summer out there. Well, I'm very interested in what you were going to (laughs) say. Right. What if I inappropriate or dirty? Uh, or both. I'd say a little bit of both. Okay. I'm just going to leave it in the wondering. All right. Yeah. In the wonder can. Yeah. (laughs) That was it flopping into the wonder can. (laughs) Wonder can. Oh man. People probably, do you guys love or hate my high voice little interludes there? (laughs) It depends on how much you balance it at the end. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Wonder can. Ah, you just blew out my tweeters. Oh yeah. Oh, gotcha. In post. Yeah, Yeah. 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 All right, uh, off to a blistering summer start. It is summertime, and we're pretty deep into summer. It's been hot lately. It's super hot and yeah. fiery here in Flagstaff. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. If you're listening to this in the future, um, which is right now, and then also right now, Whoa. and then right now. <laughs> Dude, that's but so meta. We are uh, in the midst of kind of hopefully in the tail end of the tunnel fire, which was definitely scary. But we don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think we need to harp too much on that because I'll start crying. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, scary for some people. There was ma- I've never seen more evacuations than for the tunnel fire. No, I mean I haven't been. Here I never got for- evacuated this time, which is rare. We just yeah. got onto we just got onto set status across the street was being evacuated, but we yeah. were safe. That street solid barrier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very wide. It's, no, it's, it's not. not. It's an unlined county road. Yeah. So yeah, it's very hot, very fiery. Um, but when it gets hot here in Flagstaff and probably most places, I feel like we just all start looking for water. Mm, um, and ice cold mead. And ice cold mead. That is correct. Water and ice cold mead. And here in Arizona, water is, you know, not, it's not, I wouldn't use the word abundant. <laughs> to I would use the word it. scarce as hell. <laughs> That's that's three few words. words. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, so so we go out there, we look for water, and so we wanted to do an episode about no, not about water, but about the little organisms that are found inside of some bodies of water, the little fishies. Well, we do like we do like water too, just in general. 
Yeah. Being that meat is so water conservative with it. That's, that's true. A, that's a throwback. That's a throwback. Uh, Callback? Call oh, throwback's uh, what I do to my back. I, <laughs> I just threw out my back. <laughs> you shouldn't try to lift those carp with your lower back. Uh, oh, I hope we talk about carp today. So we're, oh, wow, I think we that's should. a terrible noise. Squeak, I will not bring this squeak. water bottle to the podcast next time. Let's um, get a happier noise going. Yes. Let's listen. We're going to be drinking a little America on today's podcast. It's a blueberry hibiscus mead that is uh, absolutely delicious. Yeah. Oh, mm. that bottle knew its assignment. <laughs> Make a great noise. Cool. Yeah, America, a seasonal that is released. <laughs> Sorry. Watching Evan almost spill it over there. That was ASMR as hell, bro. Do you like that? That was awesome. You could hear the glug of the return of the air going into the bottle, even. It was all in the angle, man. It was amazing. All in the angle. Look at that color. That is gorgeous. You know what? For people that have listened to all of our podcasts, you know that one of our favorite games is the bottle toss. Oh, God. Especially while we're doing podcasts, because we have to be far enough away from each other so that we don't bleed into each other's audio. And so, uh, but we don't want to open more than one bottle. We got shit to do today. Watch the elbow follow through. Oh, good call. Coming at you. God, he's so good at that. I didn't even have to hardly move. Um, yes, I'm looking at this America. It is a, a, technically it's a June release, um, but we release it early so that we can get it out to the stores for you guys to enjoy it for, uh, 4th of July. I mean, enjoy it whenever. Damn, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. So. Yeah, America, blueberry, hibiscus, delicious mead. Oh, yeah, and I was going to give my, my warning. Uh-oh. That if you don't like fishing, if you hate fishing, mm-hmm. this episode, not for you. Probably not for you. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a fair warning. Um, but if you like fishing, well, put on your waders, pull them on up, and get ready to talk some fishing. Nice. I imagine some like good, fun music right there when you said that, because that was a great intro. <laughs> that was a terrible song. A little better. Don't use that. Don't, yeah. no. don't no, delete that one. Keeping it. That's a keeper. <laughs> Why does everybody always keep everything I say in these podcasts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, did, I said we were going to talk about uh, the fish, but, but actually we're going to talk about fishing You mm. know, is the main thing, and so uh, this will be a very, you know, I, I don't know how this episode's going to go. It might be a little fishy. I don't know. Mm, smells fishy. Ding! Um, okay, so yeah, it, we definitely love to go out and not only fish but also catch. <laughs> and yes. um, I I wanted to yeah pick your pick your brain about uh, what you think about some connections of, of different meads and different fish and different fishing styles and techniques and stuff like that. Um, what the heck? What gives you the right to talk about fish, Evan Anderson? Well, I guess I was a fish biologist for a few years, like a decade or more. Slight qualification. Yeah, I went to school for fish biology. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. And I like to fish. I mostly like squeezing the fish. Really? Gently. Squish me! Squish me! Oh, that uh, that surprises me. I, you're you're one of them fish squeezers. He's a fish squeezer. I worked at a hatchery for a while, breeding uh, Lahontan cutthroat trout, and uh, man, did we squeeze some fish there! I tell you what, for for a reason, or you just actually do like the feeling of sque- like it's therapeutic to you? No, no, no. They're uh, they're a threatened endangered species out oh. of uh, out of a lake pyramid. Or Pyramid Lake. I don't know which way that one goes. Both. But it's from, uh, it goes both directions. Yeah. Um, 
it's uh, the river is the Truckee River, and the lake above that is Lake Tahoe. Um, so we were uh, working out of Carson City there. There's a hatchery, and we would be uh, inseminating fish. I don't think that's the right terminology. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not me personally. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you, you go and you squeeze them. Like, you literally, like, you have to squeeze oh. them in a very specific way, and you have to squeeze them in a certain direction and with a certain amount of pressure and everything else. But you, you get the eggs out of one fish, and then you get the milt out of another fish or another couple of fish, and you mix it all together in a Ziploc bag. And that, uh, that fertilizes the eggs. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's and they're huge. Cool. Like, so normally a cutthroat trout is like, like a big cutthroat most of the time. Um, it's like 12 inches, 14 I like, inches. I like how you think that our audience can see you right now. With my hands up? <laughs> yeah. It's the... I can't help but talk with my hands. No, especially when you're talking about fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So about It a, was this big. About a foot? <laughs> Do you ever hear about the biggest fish that uh, John Wesley Powell ever caught? No. It was this oh, big. <laughs> I'm only raising one arm. Oh man! Should we even like mention, or do you, if you know, you know, as the kids say, I F no, I F I Y K Y K. Kids say that? Well, they text it. I think I don't know. I'm not gonna act like I know what <laughs> kids do. But if you know, you know, John Wesley Powell, yeah, holding up how big his fish was with one hand. Yeah, everyone yeah. can get it. It's funny. There. John yeah. Wesley Powell had one arm. Yeah, look up John Wesley Powell, Him, especially if you like fish. He's like an original Canyoneers man. Yeah, yeah, he was the, uh, you know, uh, reportedly, and well, yeah, I mean, documentedly, documentedly, the first to go through the Grand Canyon, the first first white guy, white guy yeah, to go through the Grand Canyon, except for that one guy that they think may have who ended up crashing in his boat and ended up by where Lake Mead is now, the Grand Hills Wash, mm. or Grand, uh, Grand, Grand Hills Wash, Grand Wash Hills, Grand Wash Hills, mm. sorry, the end of Grand Canyon, uh, all super sunburnt, sunburnt, like floating on a log. And he's like, I just made it through the entire Grand Canyon. So yeah, and you're like, did he? I don't know, a log doesn't count, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But you yeah, have, you have to still have your equipment at the end of it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's one of the stipulations. Fine print. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so fishing, um, and it is uh, a great activity for summer. It's a great activity for mead. I'm going to talk all about that. We got a couple questions from y'all uh, previously, and, and keep an eye out for that. Um, we love, love, love when you guys send in uh, comments, questions, just any random thoughts for the mead cast. Mead cast, mead cast, mead cast, mead cast. And uh, you can do that pretty easily. Just hit us up on the social medias or you can email uh, nick at drinkinghornmeadery.com. Or the best thing to do is to, well, I think it's the best thing to do, is to leave a voicemail on our voicemail app thing. Basically, just go to speakbox. No, sorry. Speakpipe. Mess that one up. S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E slash backslash forward slash. I never know those ones. It's that it's a slash. It's It'll either work or it a won't. forward slash. It goes most, up, most, up and right. Yeah, it's a forward slash. Okay, so so if you go to our voicemail site, it's speakpipe s p e a k p i p e dot com forward slash drinking horn. I always think of slash like from the band, and he'll have if he's playing his guitar facing you, facing you forward. That's like, a forward slash. Huh? Right, because the guitar is upwards <laughs> in that upper right corner when you're looking at him. Oh, and if he turns that. around and the slash is backwards to you, then that's actually the backslash. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have no idea where we went off to, but... Uh, oh. oh, leaving a voicemail for us. Uh, yes. We absolutely love it. We had um, 
one voicemail come in that I'm a little worried about, but we'll play that later uh, when we go over your comments and questions, but bring them, bring them to us. Ideas about podcast episodes, meatcast episodes, comments, questions, random uh, lasagna recipes. I don't mm, know. I do love lasagna. Yeah. We've, we've had a lot of folks asking for more episodes. Yeah. Uh, we Sorry. appreciate you guys listening so much to us. We know we can be hard to listen to sometimes, even for each <laughs> other sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate you guys listening and appreciate, you know, learning more about mead and bees and cool viking shit oh what is that oh speaking of fish we live right next to game and fish yeah and they're filling up some water i guess to uh, i thought that was one of the most ironic things about where our production space ended up was i was like i'm kind of done working for the government <laughs> and doing fish stuff it was i loved it but it was a lot of time under the sun out sleeping on the sand and stuff and then production ended up being right next to the fisheries division of game and fish so they're like breeding razorback uh hybrids over there whoa that sounds cool and scary at the same time yeah 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 razorback hybrids they're trying to better understand them it's another one of the native fish to the colorado river water system and they're trying to figure out if they can breed with uh flannies i think flannel mouth suckers I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I think I remember Razorback is a sucker, right? Yeah, yeah. Razorback's a sucker, and then the Flannies are a sucker, and so they're seeing that mm, there could be interbreeding between them and have viable offspring, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can get twenty bucks from them pretty easily too. The fish from the fish. Yeah, you're like you owe me twenty bucks, and they're like, oh, and they give it to you. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for, first uh, fishing technique, fishing style. Um, I just kind of threw this to you, threw this to you uh, to go crazy with um, matching up meads with different different things about fishing. And yeah. so, um, what'd you pick for the first one, Mister Evan Anderson, fish biologist? Well, being that we've been spending a lot of time up on the uh, Colorado River recently, Ooh. yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, fly fishing the Colorado River. Oh, sexy as hell. Oh, it's one of my favorites, man. That's it's it's beautiful trout waters up there. Um, although if you talk to the scientists, here's the inside scoop: <laughs> brown trout are taking over. Yeah. Uh, brown trout are highly piscivorous, even at a small size. That means that they they like to eat other fish. Rainbow trout, not so much. They'll eat bugs all the way pretty much through their whole lifetime. As once they get like, I don't know close to probably 20 inches or something, they start to become more fish eating, um, which is not great for the native species up there. But uh, the browns, man, you can you can get a six inch brown just trying to gobble down a four inch rainbow. It's pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, the fly fishing on the Colorado is one of my favorite places. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's not technically Grand Canyon, but it feels like you're in the Grand Canyon essentially because you have these big 800 foot rock walls on either side of you. Um, Horseshoe Bend is in this area that we're talking about. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. The Glen Canyon National Recreation Area. Um, don't go there though. Don't don't flood it with more people. <laughs> it's a, I mean it's a terrible place. Don't go there. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, it's full of like like sharks it's the only place in the united states freshwater so sharks many sharks and piranha and uh, co- uh swimming cobras bloodthirsty beavers oh yeah just thirsty thirsty i had one try to chew off my anchor line the other day nice yeah. i mean not nice bad beaver yeah bad beaver bad beaver <laughs> so i think fly fishing is i'm not gonna get into the game of of whether fly fishing or uh, spin rotting is superior um i like them both it just depends on the environment that i'm in and kind of how lazy i'm feeling Mm. i do feel like fly fishing takes a bit more effort a bit more talent to be able to do it right um and also maybe a bit more sobriety than using a (laughs) uh, spin rod important very important so the meat i wanted to pair with it was lemon ginger with ginger ale 
Mm. It's just, it's a nice midday sort of like you're out there fly fishing and you have this amazing mead cocktail and you've cut it down to five, 6% alcohol. And that way you don't end up uh, catching a fly to the neck. Cause I'm really good at catching people. It's other I'm people really or yourself. Oh my, my, you name it. Oh no. If you're within 15 feet while I'm fly fishing, you need to be worried. <laughs> Man, so I love that, that you talk about it needing a, a slight bit more of, of attention and effort and therefore maybe sobriety. So you added that ginger ale to cut the mead that's 13%. And um, yeah, that's that's a great thought because you want to, yeah, you've got to, yeah, you got to whip that thing around. You got to pay attention. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're out there usually more like not really on shore, but like in the water too, right? Am I correct in that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're wearing waders a lot of the times because there's some pretty shallow um, shorelines there where you can wade out, you know, 60, 70 feet and just wear your waders and only be, you know, butt deep basically and, uh, get out there and then you, you fly fish into eddies. Um, and it's, it's pretty fantastic. There's a couple of spots that are just iconic for it up there. Nice. And what are you fishing for when you're fly fishing? Rainbows, rainbows mostly. Um, rainbow rainbow trout sorry just trying to make sure you get out <laughs> i had to, yeah. i had to think through i was like wait what what is it <laughs> so i'm excited i'm excited to get back up there and kind of hone my skills up because part of the reason i say like different things for different areas and stuff is like i do i fish a lot of small creeks and there's a lot of guys that are really good fishing small creeks with the fly rod um it just takes it takes a little more it's a little trickier it's a little harder and if you have a whole bunch of brush all around you it's really difficult to use that fly rod. Oh, I can imagine. Um, so that's, I use the spin rod in a lot of those, uh, but up at the ferry, there's, there's not even trees or there's not much in the way of brush. No. <laughs> and, and most of the time you're fishing either off a boat or from like wading out off the shore. So you got tons of space around you. And I mean, you can, you can be whipping your fly rod back and forth up there and just watch the fish start jumping out of the water, looking for that fly. Um, especially if you're doing a good job of matching up your, your fly to the season, you know, mm. what's breeding first thing yeah. you should do when you're what's fishing hatched, up there. Right? Yeah, exactly. And go there and, and start picking up rocks and see the different stages of the different bugs and, and use that as an idea to, to what you should put on for a lure. Yeah. I think that's a great, great tip. I, I mean, I guess I wasn't thinking this would be an episode of tips, but it makes sense, um, about, your area around you because when we go to like west clear creek there's yeah trees hanging over the there's like not a lot of space no so trying to whip a i'll whip my fly back and forth i'll whip my fly back and forth (laughs) um you you're gonna get caught pretty much every third or fourth like whip if not more you're just not gonna it's not gonna go well it's not gonna go well at least not for me i think people (laughs) i think people better than me can do a lot better job fishing fly fishing in these small creeks but for me I'm, I'm definitely an amateur when it comes to the fly fishing. Nice. So anyone out there, if you've ever gone fly fishing for trout um, and maybe think of another beverage or um, have any thoughts on, on trout fishing in general and on the Colorado River, stuff like that, um, yeah, throw us a comment. Throw, throw us your, your good word because I know there's a lot of fishermen out there and maybe you're listening to this episode and you got some thoughts, ideas, and tips. Yeah, and, and don't feel like you have to give away your fishing spot. You know, fishing spots yeah. can sometimes be like uh, mushroom hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no friends in mushroom hunting. Yeah, uh, like on a, yeah, <laughs> or on a powder day or on a fly fishing spot. Man, there's a lot of times when there's no friends. Yeah. That's man. rough. That is rough. I'm a spot share. There's friends. There's just only like one or two really good friends. Maybe. All my best spots for fishing are in Devil's Bridge, Sedona. So <laughs> just, yes. just head straight there. <laughs> I love it. Everybody <laughs> go to Devil's Bridge, Sedona. <laughs> 
All right, number two, uh, what do you got for our new drinking <laughs> drinking style? Not drinking style, that's for another episode. Uh, fishing technique or style and mead. Well, we have to give the let people know that out here in the Southwest, we call a lot of things, especially water bodies, by names that aren't quite correct, I would say. <laughs> like we call a lot of things creeks that don't have any water in them. Mm. We call a lot of things rivers that are maybe just big creeks. And then we call things lakes that are exaggerated mud puddles. Yeah. And Lake Mary, up here by Flagstaff, is one of those exaggerated mud puddles. It's a... But... I don't... I, I mean, there's a few spots in that lake that probably get 15 feet deep. <laughs> is there? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's gotta, there's gotta be, be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's seasonal. Like, when you get... If you get, like, good years, which are... Um, you know, not the tire, the, the good year, uh, of like either monsoon or a bunch of snow melt, then you can fill up that lower Lake Mary, um, a mm -hmm. little bit and, um, that there's a dam in between. So it's usually upper Lake Mary and then lower Lake Mary is just a field with like, you know, elk and wildflowers. It's kind of pretty, but it's not a lake and lots of geese. Oh, yeah. I hate geese. Oh, they're so tasty though. Oh. <laughs> They're so tasty. So for this one, I've got pike fishing because that's one of the big fish that's stocked up there. Um, and pretty decent sized pike I've seen folks pull out of there. It's kind of a white whale for me because like I've caught lots of little pike up there, you know, maybe up to a foot and a half, something like that, two feet. Um, but I've seen people pull big four footers out of there. And uh, that's a big, that's a big pike. Yeah. Um, correct me Northern. if I'm wrong, uh, but the largest pike, uh, the record catch it was a couple years ago, like maybe 2019 or so, was caught in Lake Mary. Yeah, I, yeah, for the state. I'm pretty sure you're Oh, correct. for the state, not the yeah. country? Oh. No, I think it was for the state. I okay. think it was for the state. That probably makes a lot more sense. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Yeah. They're kind of like, for folks in the in the warmer climes, it's kind of like gar is what they sort of look like. It's I'm very, a, so teeth. Teeth. Mm. Yeah, definitely big old teeth. They're definitely like a top predator out there. And they can, uh, they can, do, some, they can do some damage. They got sharp teeth. But, yeah, uh, yeah, um, it's it's kind of always on my mind when I'm out there on my paddleboard. A little bit, right? I want to fish in one of these places with alligators. I've been watching videos of guys oh. like fishing where there's alligators, and they like boat gets hit by something, and like it's got to be a gator. Nothing else can rock an 18 foot boat that hard back and forth. So rewind. You said you want to do that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Oh, okay, okay. I, I like the idea of not being the apex predator in an area. It uh, adds a little more spice to the game, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, man. <laughs> 20, 20 years ago, I'd say bring it. Bring it on. Now I'm like, oh, I'd probably get knocked off and get eaten. <laughs> I mean, it's a risk we all take. So, no, no, it, <laughs> it is actually not. <laughs> I guess it doesn't have to be. So I've got ice cold pomegranate to pair up mm. with the, uh, the pike fishing in Lake Mary. Specifically ice cold. Specifically ice cold. Um, I know that it's definitely like we're, we're up at 7,000 feet, so it doesn't, uh, like the air temperature doesn't get as hot, but the surface temperature on stuff up here, because there's, there's less atmosphere to block the death rays from the sun. It's uh, man, it gets, it feels hot up here, you know, it's yeah. 7,000 feet is close to the sun. Um, but I like, so I like the idea of the ice cold pomegranate cause you're just sitting out there. Best way to fish that lake is definitely off of a boat. You can try shore fishing, but you're not going to catch much. Um, I mean, we've caught a little pike off the shore, but you you definitely want to be in the boat for catching the big boys. Um, and so I like, I like the idea of the ice cold pomegranate because it's just, it's warm out there. And, 
a lot of times you're trolling too for these guys. So like you're just like you're lines. finding their Facebook page and just like commenting negative On things, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Even cool, if you cool. don't believe it, like you're just yeah. trying to get a rise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, gotcha, exactly. Gotcha. Can <laughs> you, well describe trolling for, for everyone out there. Uh, so that's when you like, usually it's with a boat and you have a smaller engine. Cause a lot of times your big engine, just too loud, too fast, whatever. Um, and so you throw lines out and you trail them about a hundred feet or so behind you, 75 to a hundred feet behind you. And you just trail a lure out there and, uh, and the fish will end up coming after it. And so it's just kind of riding them along a little bit. Oh, people are trying to sneak in our front door. That's why we got a lock. We're going to take a quick break because someone might want some mead. All right. And we're back from our uh, mid cast hustle. Nice. Oh, I was thinking like a fishing cast. Oh, nice. I was oh. thinking podcast. Podcast, podcast. Meat cast, cast, meat cast, cast, meat cast. Fishing cast, fishing cast, fishing cast, fishing cast. Fishing cast. Okay. That's a hard one to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's not hard is uh, drinking ice cold pomegranate while at Lake Mary. Not usually, unless the wind's blowing extremely hard. <laughs> yeah, don't don't try to waterfall it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go oh. everywhere. <laughs> You'll feed the person next to you. <laughs> yeah. Or the you... boat next to you. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. It's been windy up here. Yeah. All right. So cool. I like that. Uh, lake Mary. It's a, it's a hot lake. It's a kind of a mud lake, but uh, no shade. No shade. Yeah. So add some ice. Yes. Cold pomegranate. Ice is nice. It, it, it is helps. Nice. It also helps water it down a little bit. Mm. And then you you know you don't want to be tanked while you're fishing. You want to be able to enjoy the fishing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next pairing. So what's uh, what do you got for our for our third fishing? Oh man. This one. This one. This one's close to my heart. Just close to my heart. All right. I'm, I'm Only because that's where I lodged the lure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, catfishing on the San Juan River mm. with a barrel-aged mead. So everything Ooh. else, we were kicking it down with it. You know, adding ice, let the ice melt a little bit, drops alcohol content. Uh, mixing the lemon ginger with the ginger ale, dropping the alcohol content. Now, catfishing, on the other hand, takes zero skill. <laughs> zero. All right. And usually, like, if when I'm thinking of catfishing on the San Juan, I'm thinking, like, when we've done trips out there, right? And, like, you get into camp, you set up your camp, um, everything's done for the day. Basically, like, responsibilities over besides feeding yourself and tying down your stuff so you don't lose it overnight. <laughs> like, for the most part, responsibility's done. And so fishing catfishing out there and the, the, there's so many catfish in that river i worked on uh removal programs for that river what programs removal okay i know i, I kind of stumbled <laughs> i think my you way missed the m removal 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 i'm trying to get rid of the catfish removal programs are not necessarily super effective um it depends a lot on the water body and stuff like that so we were removing catfish out of there um, with uh, Fish and Wildlife Service. And mostly what we managed to do was go from having um, fewer large catfish to having shitloads of little tiny catfish. Hmm. So it's like you're, you're, taking, you're taking fish out of apartments and all you're doing is clearing up space for more fish. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't super oh. effective. Um, but, uh, but catfishing out there is so much fun and you can just fish with some corn is one of the best ones out there. Really? Yeah. Just a little corn or whatever was in your dinner. Honestly, catfish will eat just about anything mm. except for catfish. Oh, really? Yeah. They have, uh, I was going to call it an emeticist, but I don't think that's right. They have these little like pus- pustules. They have little things in their skin that when broken release a pheromone that tell the other catfish to leave. There's danger here. Whoa. Um, and so you can't catch, it's 
fishing for a catfish with a catfish, at least fresh catfish is not, not the best idea. Wow. Okay. But like, what if you like, you eat it and you save a little bit of the meat for later? Might work. Might work. Because you might've cooked out, you might've cooked out all that pheromone or whatever it is. That doesn't sound like it stay on a hook anyway. So just ignore what I said. Just stay away from, just stay away from fishing for catfish with catfish. As you listen to this podcast, listen to the things that Evan says and not the things that I say. <laughs> I'm intrigued about the corn though. So you just take like a couple kernels and put them on the hooks? Yeah, totally. A huh. couple kernels, throw them on the hook, throw it out there and uh, you can catch catfish just all night long. That's one of my favorites. You and I have done oh, it before where we're like tying yeah. string to the mm-hmm. D rings on a boat, you know, and you just put a hook and some corn or whatever on there and walk and, away and walk away yeah. and like you can do the bell thing where you add a bell to your line oh. and so that way when you start hearing the jingling you know you've caught a catfish because you're not necessarily always watching it's very passive fishing yeah it's like set it forget it come back 15 20 minutes later see what you got you just well yeah that's what intrigued me about it too is when you're just now talking about like set it and go do whatever you just leave it like yeah i'm not watching it i'm watching maybe you know the fire i'm watching i don't know good conversation you can watch good conversation by the way i I see noises (laughs) yeah so you put a little bell on there yeah you put a little bell on there you hear a little ding-a-ling you're like oh there's fish or there's either fish on the line or someone has just said a pun on the uh every day is a food day podcast (laughs) (laughs) nice that's a callback oh there you go a callback from a mead pun bell whoa Nice. So, so the San Juan River is a tributary of the Colorado River. Yes. Oh, um, and, well, I was going to say the, the reason I think I, I got into it and never, oh, I never finished my sentences. Yeah, let's talk about the mead. I've got three, yeah, I've got like three <laughs> things already that I know I've cut myself off on mm. and started talking in, in random loops and circles <laughs> and stories. As it um, happens. So barrel aged. Mm-hmm. Every time we make a barrel age, we usually kick them up pretty high alcohol content, 15, 17, 19. And uh, so I like the idea of a barrel aged mead out on the San Juan River while fishing for catfish. Now, you should be a responsible person. And uh, I keep censoring myself today. That's, yeah. that's kind of weird. Hmm. I'm just in that mode, I guess. Yeah, it's I terrible. Got, I got an 18 year old or 18 year old. I got an 18 month old in the house. I'm trying to, ah. I'm trying to curb the, mm. trying to curb the swear words. Well, you're free here. Well, so, fucking thanks. I appreciate yeah, that. No, no fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I had on here, preferably Kavasir. That was one of the most recent barrel ages we did. Um, collected wild blackberries from uh, Devil's Bridge, Sedona, <laughs> and uh, used those inside uh, of the barrel. And it ended up being really good. That was your brainchild, was using those blackberries. I was skeptical about it because of just contamination issues and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's just, you know, fruit from out in the wild. And then you throw it into a thing. You just don't want to lose a barrel. There's so much effort yeah. that gets put into barrel age stuff. Or, yeah, have re-fermentation in bottles. Yeah. Yeah, oh. terrifying. Especially because that kvassir was, was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah, so fresh to... picked blackberries, barrel aged. Mm. And, uh, Delicious. You're just saying because of the lack of responsibility needed during fishing, you can uh, enjoy something a little more, let's say... Uh, alcohol decadent yes i love a little decadence in the evening yeah and uh yeah you totally can because it's <laughs> it's just really relaxed passive fishing like uh mm. it, it's kind of like going to a lake and chucking out a worm in a bobber and sticking your fishing pole inside one of those pole holders and just waiting until something swallows it cool. so it's kind of fun like i like the idea of you can you can get into camp you can set some lines and then you can start unloading all your stuff, start setting up your camp kitchen, get your bed set up. If you're one of those people that uses a bed, 
Um, I mean, I don't most of the time. You've seen when I'm out there by myself. <laughs> if I'm out with my wife, like we use a tent and we use our, our bedding kit is huge. Yeah. And when I'm out there by myself, I'm like, yeah, I have a sleeping pad. This chunk of rock looks pretty friendly. I'm just gonna <laughs> sleep here. Do you use the chunk of rock as a pillow or a cuddle yeah. or a cuddle buddy? As a pillow. As a pillow. Okay, it's too gotcha. hot to cuddle out there. Yeah. yeah true. Oh, yeah. San Juan is is scorching warm. Yeah. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I haven't done as much catfishing. Uh, <laughs> I don't catfish at all. I've seen your filters on Insta. <laughs> I, I haven't fished for catfish uh, as much as I would like to. I'm uh, only 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. This photo is totally recent. I promise. <laughs> Like 22-year-old me. Why is, why is the date scrubbed out on the bottom? <laughs> yeah, you can still see some of it. You didn't. You just half-ass scrubbed when the, the date out. when the photos had the little, yeah, had the dates on in orange, mm-hmm. like burned in almost. Like yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Mine would, mine would never be correct. <laughs> that sign in Telluride in the back, the banner says, I'm a gene 20, <laughs> 2010. <laughs> no, that's totally me. I'm just as fit as I was in the 20s. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still in my 20s. I bet. Shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, should we move on to, to number four? Yes. Number four. So I was kind of making stuff up on this one a little bit. Oh, God. I'm okay. just throwing it out there. All right, cool. I'm an honest person. Hey, you know, there are things called fish stories, and this, this sounds this like is, it might be one. This is going to be a fish story. All right. Well, ice fishing. So being that I've lived almost the entirety of my life in the Southwest, <laughs> now when I lived up over like Reno, I had a, some opportunities to go ice fishing and didn't ever end up making it. It was just too busy with work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of ice fishing. Those yeah. little tiny poles. That's, it's fantastic. Little tiny poles? You oh. seen the poles people use for them? No. So ice fishing poles are like mm, three feet long, maybe. Okay. They That's not like as small as I poles. thought you were talking about. I think they Like little tiny poles. Like, I was like thinking like a Lego set. Yeah. Trying to like reel it's it in. It's also a toothpick. Two fingers. Yeah. Oh, I snapped it again. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, so child's poles like three. Yeah. Go ahead and fix that. Yeah. yeah. Was, you got so excited. I know about talking about your little pole. Yeah. Well, yeah. Get, you got to be. You know. You got to replace <laughs> size for enthusiasm. But uh, I'm on a pairing of warm methaglin. Mm. with some ice fishing because ice fishing also looks extremely cold now i'm a <laughs> yeah. person who loves the cold as soon as it gets above 55 degrees i start sweating and i'm uncomfortable but uh i know we're, we're actually in a room right now we turn the air conditioning off so that yeah. you guys can hear us better <laughs> and uh yeah little, it gets pretty warm yeah i'm starting to get a little sticky why did i bother showering last week <laughs> if i just knew i was going to be sweaty today seriously oh. <laughs> two and two weeks so warm methaglin and yeah. methaglin, we're all out of it right now, right? But it's a, it's a pretty stable stable seasonal yep. of ours, and it'll be coming back out again. We'll probably triple batch it this year just because nice. I, don't have, I don't have room for bigger tanks still. It's crowded back there in the warehouse, and uh, we really, people love that one. It yeah. goes so fast. And people listening to this, it might be, we might have it right now. So, you know, That's these, true. these uh, Meadcast episodes are um, timeless. That's true. Much so you like might, my you photos be... on the apps. Exactly. <laughs> timeless. <laughs> These photos are timeless. Yeah, methaglin is great heated up. I love um, it. I would say, I'm just going to interrupt here. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> because you got me away. excited about this. Um, being in, on, on the lake, the ice... Oh, iced over lake being on the ice. I don't know. There's probably a cool way of saying that. Being on ice. There we go. Um, and bringing a little stove and like actually heating it up there. And so you can like kind of keep oh, it warm yeah. and just kind of keep a warm thing of, of methaglin. Now, now mm. would you have pure methaglin or would you like create like a hot cocktail or? I, you know, I think ice fishing is another one of those where you're, you're kind of just like 
sitting and waiting for things to happen, I'm going full strength. Yeah. It keeps you warm too. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's true. Or at least thins your blood out so you don't freeze as fast. Uh, Something um, like that. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I'm sure of it. Science yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So some, some full strength methaglin. Yeah. Um, Methaglin's great. Maybe a shot of bourbon in there. You might add a shot of bourbon in there and get it all warmed up. I like the idea of a shot of bourbon and a little bit of apple juice Mm. and some warmed up methaglin. There you go. And so methaglin is um, cinnamon, black tea, orange peel. And mead. And mead. (laughs) And love. I think there, I feel like there's another ingredient, but I'm Mm. I'm blanking on it. Love. And love. Kindness. Mm. Oh, history. Yes. Yes. Because it's, uh, you know, Charlie's family's. um, Yeah. Well, Charlie and Kelly's family's uh, winter drink of choice from yeah, their yeah. madre, I think. Yeah, they, they, they made a tea with it. Yeah. So my, my wife and her brother growing up, they always had like, they, it was a flavor of tea that they would drink in the wintertime. And Charlie took that and adapted it to a mead um, also for wintertime. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. And then, of course, being drinking horn, we, uh, we just called it methaglin, which is actually a mead style. Um, mm-hmm. That means that you only use herbs and spices in there. It means there's no fruit in it whatsoever. Um, and nice. we're, we're, we're simple folk. So we just named it methaglin as opposed to coming up with some really hard to say name. <laughs> Although it is kind of tricky when people try to say it. But um, it's, it, it, if you want methaglin. to hear more about our methaglin uh, mead and how it was created and all that, we've got the whole story. It's episode, I believe, number two of the Meadcast where we talk to um, the people over at, uh, the, the one person over at Potion Tea and Bakery who supplies the the tea for us to make it. Um, it's it's a fun episode. It's a good episode. We have Charlie on there. It's uh, me, you, Charlie, and Heather over there um, kind of roundtabling it and just talking about the mead and, and sipping on it. So yeah, episode two is all about our methaglin. That's that's awesome that you knew the episode right off the top of your head. Yeah, it was kind of the he, back top of my head. He didn't even look at anything. I, it was amazing. Oh. What's not amazing is my edit that I had to do just then. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it takes more editing than other times. Sometimes Evan says crazy shit and we just leave it in there. Most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. That, I mean, that's what the episodes are. Yeah. I mean, where meet at, you know? That's a throwback. Where meet at. Nice. I, I can't wait to... I, I, I've never gone ice fishing either. Uh, sounds like you haven't either. No, I really so, want to. Yeah. And I think the closest place we could probably go is... Like, like for some legit kind of... Would be somewhere in Colorado... Probably our, our Lake Mary here has oh. the right fish for doing it, but it doesn't ever freeze super solid. No, I'm talking about, let's take the truck, maybe not your truck or maybe my Jeep out <laughs> on the ice onto like a shanty Nick, or shack or something. Nick like doesn't trust my redneck mobile with 250,000 miles on a gas engine. Come mm, on. It's not the engine I'm worried about. That thing looks heavy. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but not that if if we're splitting hairs between my Jeep and your truck about going out on ice onto a lake, then maybe I'm, I'm thinking, thinking we walk. I think yeah. it's OK. OPA. Let's do that. I'm thinking it's OPA. Yeah, we're going to go out there. OPA. Yeah, yeah I'm, I've, I've got a word of the day calendar. I guess so. Man. Yeah. yeah. Dang. I it's in French. Get one of those so I can sound awesome. It's in French. <laughs> yeah. OPA. OPA. Um, what you call me? Speaking of French, that might be a segue. Um, I'm going to sneak one in on you, and Ooh. I have a a uh, fishing-type style technique and a mead pairing as well. Mm, cast it on me. Yeah. So this one's a little different. <laughs> cast, baby girl, cast it on me. <laughs> 
I was just trying to slip a pun in, and then Nick just makes it shine with a light right there. Um, yeah, I decided to go a little bit different. Um, what I'm going to talk about uh, comes from kind of, I mean, in a sense, you're fishing, but it's not a fish. I've been oh, interested. I know where you're going. Yeah. I have been interested since last summer. Well, forever. I mean, I, I did this. I, I, I hunted for crawdads or crayfish. What do you call them? Mud bugs. Mud bugs. Okay. That's one I didn't think about. Um, there, you know, different words. What do you guys out there call them? Crayfish or crawdads or crawfish, um, depending maybe on where you grew up. But I grew up in Oklahoma. And uh, I don't. Freshwater lobster. Freshwater lobster. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to class it up. Pinchy shrimp. Yeah, pinchy shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so pinchy. Reverse mode lobsters. um yeah crayfish crawdads uh crawfish whatever you want to call them um you guys know what they are most likely they're the little mini lobsters uh that are in freshwater and lake mary has a gazillion of them and unfortunately yeah an infestation for sure and unfortunately the arizona waters have become infested quite a bit um but anyway so i i love uh to catch crayfish and what i used to do is i used to take a string just a string and tie a piece of either hot dog or bacon, just one tiny little piece, put it in there. And man, those things have sensors. Like, you know, you can't really call them noses or anything like that, but like they smell anything that's in the water. And you would dunk that little piece of bacon or whatever meat into the creek. We'll be right back. (laughs) So before the phone rang, (laughs) if I leave that in there, uh, so I used to take the string, add some meat to it, and put it in there, and they would—you could just see them coming out from the underneath the rocks. See the from waves. like left and right, and the waves. Holy cow! There's like some floods giant of crayfish. Like, They're coming! <laughs> oh, has anyone ever done that horror movie? Like giant crayfish? Dude, not yet, but like, oh man, let's get on it. That I don't. They're rugged, just the size they are. Like pinching your toes and like i don't oh, oh. like it doesn't really hurt but like they oh, can no. draw blood okay it'll scare you yeah yeah it gives you the, the i don't know that i've ever had one draw blood no no i don't think maybe so. it's because i like reacted and like ran off and like cut my foot or something i'm like ah! <laughs> you actually cut it on a piece look, of glass that yeah was in yeah the river. look yeah. at it look at what it did to my foot <laughs> be careful with your glass around it. waterways people. oh yes that is always always a suggestion so they'd come in uh, from all over the place and they grab it <clears throat> and you like just just pull it. You don't there's no hook or anything. You just like pull them up and plop them into a bucket. Love it. And you don't even need any more bacon or, um, you know, meat or anything like that, because unlike a catfish <laughs> that you talked about earlier, a crawdad will eat and it will eat another crawdad. Oh yeah. Like yeah. immediately. Um, and so once you've got one, you've got enough meat to just keep pulling them in and keep pulling them in. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you've got that one piece. It's not like they eat it anyway. That's how I used to catch them and then, um, cook them up. And now I have traps oh, and yeah. I set them last summer. This is the first time I've, I've seen plenty of people use traps before, but I, this is the first summer I used traps and you were there. We were at Lake Mary. Um, for the first time I used these traps, set them in the water went and hung out and chilled drank some mead talked and then went back it was only like 30 minutes at most yeah i mean yeah like half an hour later um go back to the trap and it's full i mean yeah, there's you, you like could 50 not have of them. put more crayfish inside of that trap yeah they were like let me in and the bouncer's like nobody <laughs> you're not allowed in here thinking they're all exclusive and then they're boiled yeah oh yeah yes yeah, so and then take them out um brought a pot, a uh, stove, you know, boil them up 
And, um, and then there's several different things you can do. You can like, kind of, I don't know if you call it cleaning a crayfish, but you know, clean it, um, cook it further with like butter and garlic and paprika or something like that. I do like to do a little butterfly action on the crayfish. Yeah. Butterfly the the flesh. Yeah. (laughs) Like just, well, just big, big crayfish. Big enough. It doesn't take a bit that big of, you know, just to to show me just to get that. I mean, I don't know. I'll eat anything that fits in my mouth for the most part, but like, watch out, Nick. (laughs) And, uh, but, uh, I, I do enjoy butter flying them out just to get the get the poop vein oh yes oh definitely yeah, yeah you there's there's yeah certain ways of like making sure you get good nice meat yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for yeah. sure i like them deep fried yeah oh but i like everything deep fried i know so i, I know don't that's yeah. not really a, yeah i mean of course i like them but you're gonna fried. go through the effort to do it heck yeah nice especially if i'm car camping yeah i will totally bring the oil the fry the whole the whole nine yeah. we'll do we'll do a wet fry you know what I mean? Like a wet batter on them and then dip them in the yeah. dry batter. Egg and wash or just water? Uh, egg wash. Yeah. yeah. I like mm. the egg wash. Yeah. yeah. You got to have egg in the, with your, with your, whatever you're using. Like I got, I got Italian lots of chicken breadcrumbs or okay. whatever. There's eggs are plentiful. True. Very true. Yeah. So I was thinking about that and I was uh, getting excited about going out and, and doing another crayfish uh, boil. And, and as you can see, I've moved around the country a lot, Oklahoma, oh, yeah. New Jersey, Colorado, Arizona. So I think I've said all three of them, <laughs> crawfish, crawdad, and crayfish. Nice. Uh, not craydad though. That'd be Not craydad? No. No mud bug? But what do you think I paired it with? You're not going to guess actually, because it's not mead. I mean, it is mead, but it's a cocktail. I feel thing. like an old fashioned. All right. So you're on, you're on the right track. Um, I just know you like whiskey. That's all. That's, that's, Damn it. I'm, I'm that transparent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, crayfish, it's a big thing. It's like uh, Creole, like Louisiana, right? Like, like the seafood there. And so mm-hmm. when I think about uh, crayfish, I think about, you know, going there and getting buckets of them when there's like a hole in the table that you just throw all the stuff down um, in Louisiana. And so I was thinking about uh, a Sazerac and then I was like, well, Sazerac is like, you're getting there, but like going out on Lake Mary and drinking something that potent um, and kind of crazy. Well, not necessarily potent, but I don't know. Sipping on a Sazerac on Lake Mary is, is seems a little much in the heat. So I was then thinking of another kind of Cajun kind of kind of drink, and um, a sangria came to mind. Yeah. And so a Cajun sangria, and so I would make a sangria with pomegranate. I know you used pomegranate before, but pomegranate in place of, say, the wine, the yep. red wine. A little pomegranate mead? Yeah, pomegranate mead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> pomegranate <laughs> mead, um, some white rum uh, to add to it, and then uh, some Grand uh, Marnier, which is sounds super fancy. Um, and Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier. Ooh. But um, basically, it's like kind of like brandy, um, cognac, like... Um, just uh and, and cognac and brandy are, are big with uh like like kind of the french culture so you got that that creole kind of thing uh what else let's see oh is, club is brandy soda. is brandy cane sugar yeah yeah totally it's it's cane sugar no no it's not cane sugar but it's actually there <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make myself right i hope you leave both you know i'm not there. editing that yeah, at yeah. all it's just, just both right of through. them in yeah um, a little bit of club soda. <laughs> and we're talking about a big old jug. We're making a big jug for everybody. This oh, is a, a party right. sangria um, to have out during the boil. You know, mm. while you're while you're catching, while you're hanging out, while you're eating. Um, it is the cooking is like part of the whole fun of the thing. Yeah, you know, of like going through the process because it's it's not a simple operation. Yeah, you're not whipping up a grilled cheese. No, the, the amount of meat takes per effort. crawfish is effort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, most of them. 
You're getting a bite per crayfish. A big one is like the end of my thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Not like the whole thumb. Before or after. Just the end. Yeah. yeah. All the viewers can, all the listeners can see it right now, how much of my thumb I'm holding. Perfect. That's a Excellent. perfect visual. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, lime, limes, you know, throw the limes, the apples, the oranges all in it, you know, like a normal sangria kind of thing. Add some apple juice, some orange juice. Um, but anyway, just, I think of community, I think of gathering together on the shore and having a big crawfish boil. And I think pomegranate mead in place of what normally would be wine in a sangria, um, which I'm sure was taught to me by your wife, Kelly, uh, how to make a proper <laughs> mead sangria. Um, I just think that sounds great. And I'm imagining you've got your 10 by 10 tents out there and like lights and it's starting to get a little bit like sunset and everyone's having a good time. So yeah, that was my addition. That is magical. Yes. Magical. It makes me want to go right now. I know. I know. Totally. I was having a hard enough time working already today. Thanks yeah. a lot, Nick. Yeah. Maybe, maybe tomorrow night we'll go crawfish hunting. Sangrias are such like a Sunday drink too. I yeah. feel like. You know? Yeah. Like if you think of like a day of the week that you would want to drink a, a mead gria. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And like a crawfish boil. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So that makes sense. I like it. So what are you doing Sunday? Apparently we're boiling crawfish. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I have so much yard work to do to make sure the fire doesn't burn my house down. <laughs> oh, goodness. Ugh. Ugh. Cool. Um, well, we've got a couple questions that came in. Excellent. Uh, about fishing and, and mead. And so I want to get to those. Yeah, light them up. Light them up. All right, so we got a couple more questions, actually, um, while we were doing this. So that's cool. Nice. You know, get us get us those questions. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, yeah. and uh, and let us know those questions. We love answering people's stuff. We yeah. love seeing the, the reviews or the comments or the whatever that says, hey, I love your guys' stuff. Make more episodes. Like, <laughs> you, really, you really do help us to... To make more episodes and to make the time to to make them. So yeah, y'all are the persuasion, and they don't have to be good questions. In fact, they're better if they're not good questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'll answer anything. Yeah. Well, this first one's a pretty good one, uh, or it's good because it's weird and and yeah. Uh, let me just get right to it. So um, uh, the first question is says, "All right, what fish would make the best mead?" Hmm. <laughs> So we, not, not, not what fish would pair with the, like, like what fish would make the best mead? We, we were just talking about fermented fish with, mm. uh, every day is a food day podcast mm. when we did their Instagram live. live just the other day. And, uh, Hmm. I wonder what the fish with the highest sugar content is mm. besides me feeding gummy bears to a carp. Oh, because yeah. that sounds delightful. So you got to pre, you just kind of, it's kind of like veal. You just pre-feed the fish and yeah. then, and then you make them. So that, that would be my answer is we take a carp. I mean, do you like fish patties? Do you eat fish patties? You're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Of mackerel, course you eat fish mackerel patties. or salmon patties. Yeah. Well, what about a little carp patty? I don't know yet. They're really I, bony fish. So like if you're going to eat one and please eat all the carp you can out there, everyone, you're, you're mm. doing nature good by eating as many okay. carp as you can. Um, there it's that same thing where they make up too much biomass in most river systems. Mm. Although the videos from East where they have the silver carp that like, as you're boating by, they jump up and run into people's faces and stuff. Oh, yeah. Although they, yeah, they, yeah, do yeah. they do kill a handful of people every year by lodging in their, not lodging, but they jump up and they, they get people in the neck. And people die? Yeah, I mean, some of these fish are oh. 15, 20, 25, 30 pounds, right? I just, that was a wide range I just threw on it. <laughs> but you can easily have a, a 15 pound you can easily have a 35, 40 pound silver carp. And Ooh. I mean, if something jumps up with enough force to get out of the water and runs into my neck, 
I like to think I'm a beefcake, but that's going to break my neck, dude. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe it's not every year, but I know there's definitely instances of people having been killed hey, by, if there's by one, jumping fish. Yeah, just one is nuts. They have tours where people go out and catch them with nets and like, oh, it's it's crazy. Like I'm imagining like how you catch a butterfly in the no, air. No, totally. You're catching a fish in yeah, the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's people on all sides of the boats with nets and they drive through it and these fish start flying and people just start swinging their nets around. They're hitting each other in the face. Like, oh, oh, it's gosh. so funny. Nice. All right. Um, Good YouTube fodder. <clears throat> but yes, so my favorite fish to ferment with would be a gummy bear fed carp. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Because <laughs> I feel like it would ferment well. Yeah. It's uh, mm-hmm. you just you just add in some of that fish goo and a little. <laughs> it sounds super appetizing, ah. and it's a uh, we call it the lutefisk mead. Lutefisk. <laughs> Play some luter right there. All right, next question. Um, here we've got uh, what mead do you recommend after catching a bat with a fishing rod? Mm. That sounds like a story. That sounds like. Somebody I may have told stories to is what that sounds like right there. Yeah, yeah. I was at a little reservoir and I was fishing. This is, you know, a classic reservoir in Arizona where it's been steadily declining water levels. And when it was full, I had this awesome rock that we would camp on, uh, me and my wife and the kids a few times. Um, we would be out camping on this rock. And at night, uh, I didn't want to get too far away and, and spook anybody. So I would just fish off the edge of this rock. Um, as years went by, it, the lake level just kept dropping and dropping. And so this rock all of a sudden was about 25 feet above the water instead of the water line being right at the rock. Um, and so I was fishing out there one time and I'm, I'm reeling in. <clears throat> I was like, all right, I'm done for the evening. All I was catching was bluegill and they're fun to catch. Don't get me wrong, but I was just, I was tired. I was, I was ready to call it a night and I'm reeling in and I'm reeling in and I've got my headlamp on. I'm watching the end of my line, just making sure it doesn't get snagged on anything, whatever, have snags come in and reel them in. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden my line just starts moving off to my right and going just straight upwards. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? And I reeled in a little further and I had managed to catch a bat by the wing. So I had uh, the hook as it was going up, like, I don't think, I think the line is so small of a filament that they couldn't, cause I was using pretty light tackle, um, that they couldn't necessarily see it. And so they managed to get it hooked into their wing. Not, and so like wrapped, not like the hook was, no, no, it was wing. in the wing. The, the hook, hook was? was in the wing. Oh, it was geez. in its right wing about, I don't know, really close to where it matches back up with the body. Hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I see it and I'm reeling it in and I'm like, look at this. Well, all amazed by it because I'm a easily entertained person and i was like oh poor buddy like i hope i didn't i hope i didn't catch you somewhere that like is really really bad you know and uh so i get it about three four feet away and then i just pull the whole thing towards me and i get him he lands on my leg and uh i reach for him because i'm like oh poor bat like i love bats they're awesome and i hate mosquitoes so i love bats even more (laughs) yeah and uh it lands on my leg I was wearing waders, so I was like relatively protected. This is kind of cold weather. Okay. Um, Not bare skin with a bat because no, I'd no. freak out. No, no. I had pants on this time. This time. This time. <laughs> and so it's landed on my leg. I reach for it initially, and it like turns its little bat head around. It is all, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> and like when I said that, I, I know, I don't know. I, I believe that we all have an energy on some level. And other creatures can pick up on that energy. And I was like, I'm trying to help you, little dude. And so it lands on my leg. 
And then I just, first time reach for it and I think it's going to bite the piss out of me. I don't have gloves or anything on. Um, and then the second time I reached for it again after it had kind of turned its head around from hissing at me and it let me just go ahead and pull that little hook right back out of its, right back out of its wing. Um, I mean, most of the time I'm fishing with barbless hooks. Um, so that, that helps out in the whole scenario cause you're not going to be ripping anything or tearing anything. The hook just comes yeah, right yeah. out. Um, but I was able to pull it back off and then, uh, Dude seemed pretty calm after that, so I scooped him up in my hands and tossed him up in the air, and he flew off. Oh. So all was all was good. All was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And then he went back and had a story to tell. Right. <laughs> Holy cow! I had a story to tell the kids. They were sleeping yeah, and then like you had. A story. They were sleeping like four feet away from me when all this happened, but I didn't want to yeah. wake them up. They were young. Yeah. Dang. Crazy. Well, uh, somebody saw that that question got posted. I, I had like replied and posted it back on our Instagram page, and we then got uh, a voicemail, our only voicemail. Oh no! And um, it was in response to that person asking that question about about the bat and the fishing poles. Is it so, game and fish? I don't. I'm not sure because they didn't really state their name. But uh, yeah, here I'll let you take a listen. All right, all right. Hi, this is Batman um, Anonymous. Um, I just like to talk with a person who said they caught a bat with a fishing pole just a you know nice polite conversation that's all yeah um anyway love the show thanks a lot and um yeah again this is batman um just an anonymous caller thank you so so yeah i don't think it was game and fish (laughs) that wasn't game and fish at all no (laughs) no it was <clears throat> anonymous yeah 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 <laughs> so uh yeah so but you told the story and everything ended well so hopefully now that um, ended well. anonymous um super person will uh will understand no bats were harmed in the catching of that bat yeah yeah I mean, not, not, not that we know of yeah uh, so we've got another question here uh let's see recommended mead when kids catch so many fish you just sit and remove fish from lines all day Full strength on that one. That's full for strength. sure. Go full. full strength. Yeah. That is like when you have kids and you teach them to fish, like, and if you're in a good fishing area, that's all you do. Yeah. Like you just, you just help kids restring, pull hooks out of fish, unwrap tangled reels. Just the, that's, that's fishing with kids. Nice. So and it's, full it's got its own beauty to it, but yeah, go full strength for yeah. sure. Cool. Cause all you're doing is like the worst you're going to do is, is get a hook into your thumb or something like that. Yeah. And you don't want to feel that. Yeah, exactly. So you just <laughs> go full strength on that. I would say I'm going to go traditional on that one. Oh, cause I feel like teaching your kids to fish is a very traditional experience that parents have been teaching their kids since the dawn of time. Hmm. Dawn of humans. I think, I think I would go traditional with it because I think that's what you're doing is you're teaching your kids a trait that humans have taught kids. Parents have taught kids for as long as we've been alive. Seriously. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's, that's a cool thing to think about. It makes me happy. Yeah. And they were probably drinking mead back then too. Yeah. So it's, you know, (laughs) we don't know the origin still of this delicious. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of parents back in, in, the, you know, the realms of time, drinking some meat and teaching fishing. I think being sober yeah. would be more weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one more question here, and this is uh, full of like bringing up old stories. I can, I can tell, um, Uh-oh. which mead, uh, would you drink or would, I guess, would you give, which mead would you give for friends as they paddle your fishing boat because the motor broke? 
Well, that's that's real funny. <laughs> Pretty recent. That's a, that's a real recent one. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't paying attention to the river the other day, and uh, we were out boating. And apparently, you should look at the river while you're going down it at 30 miles an hour. What? What? And uh, so I destroyed the lower unit on the boat, but it's okay. It's already I already got it fixed back up. Thank you, eBay. So it's going full cob on the river and not paying attention to where I was going. I was having a little fuel issue. It's with a brand new rebuilt, in, not brand new. <laughs> it's with a 40 year old rebuilt engine. <laughs> and uh, I was having, we were having some fuel intake issues. It's an old carbureted engine that uh, needs needed some love. Um, but anyway, I was more focused on that than where we were going and managed to smash the lower unit on the rock. And uh, once I got back home, and this is like a week later when I had time to work on it, um, the prop was pretty beat up, yes, but that mm-hmm. was not our problem. The prop shaft, not our problem. We snapped the drive shaft in half. That's like a three-quarter inch thick steel rod. <laughs> that we, uh, I like to say we when it comes to it. We yeah. snapped. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite mead to pair with that is just all of them. <laughs> all, all everything of them. we have left. It was it was a beautiful situation. Our camp was we were we were upstream of our camp four miles, five, six, probably five. Yeah, somewhere five five and a half miles upstream of our camp um, when we smashed the lower unit. We and uh, it it sucked. It always sucks breaking stuff, um, especially when it's like just from not paying attention when you know you should be paying attention. <laughs> but uh, but at that point. We were no longer a machine-propelled vessel. No. We were just, uh, Nick and Maddie were awesome enough to just paddle us around. Which I would say, that's still machine-powered. Well, you guys are a machine. Yeah. You guys were just powering us through the eddies. We were going, it's (laughs) it's a real calm section of river. Yeah. Um, So there wasn't any, like, concern of us, like, missing camp or missing the boat dock or anything like that. Yeah. so, so but I would meads. say all the meads because okay. you gotta, you gotta, you know, I was a little bummed out. Yeah. At mm-hmm. that point, it's going to take you much longer to get where you're going. So you have an opportunity to drink all the meads and take a nap and wake back up and be like, Oh yeah, sweet. I'm still a mile above camp. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to take another 15 minute or, and then I'll be back up. Yeah. Oh, good times, good times. Good times. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for the questions, those of you who did. Um, I, I can get that out a little earlier maybe next time and, and get a couple more questions. But um, you don't have to wait till the next you know call out for, for questions, comments, uh, thoughts, um, new episode ideas. Absolutely hit us up with those. But um, yeah, yeah, this, this is a good, good little talk. It's, it makes good. me want to go buy a body of water again this weekend. And um, you You're going to purchase a body of water? I, I am going to purchase a body of water and then drink it it out of the bottle and then go to a lake i don't know exactly what i said but uh what said i meant buy, go buy a body oh, go water. buy yes buy ah. by yeah Ding. i'm gonna go purchase a body of water and create an island and live on it with just nothing but mead sweet yeah <laughs> nice cool but like i said before um you know hit us up anywhere you know on the socials or if you don't have the socials or don't want to be on the socials good for you they're crazy um no no follow us on instagram facebook uh tiktok YouTube, um, YouTube, yeah, come watch uh, some cool bee stuff. We'll be doing some bee stuff in the near future. Holy cow, do we need to go do some bee stuff soon? Yeah, so 
why don't you guys out there go ahead and ask us a question about the bees so that we'll have to go out yeah. with the bees. And if you have questions, if you have things that you think maybe we'd be knowledgeable on, or maybe you'd at least like to hear us make up stuff about, <laughs> like feel free, hit us up with those questions. We would love it. You Please. guys, you guys, your influence helps keep us going. It really does. You guys are the engine. And we'll just try to not smash we, your we, lower unit. Yeah, we will. T- <laughs> we'll try not to smash your lower unit or anything of the sort. Um, and then, I don't know, most importantly, um, you know, tell two friends, two or three friends um, that, you you know, who, who you think would love the Meadcast. Tell them about us uh, and, and have it grow. And then uh, we'll just become one big happy hive. <laughs> cool. Right on. Well, uh, that was the Meadcast <laughs> episode Fishing in Mead. And uh, I'm Nick Irvin. I'm Evan Anderson. And we still don't have an ending and thing to say. And this was the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, 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 Meadcast.